Welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast, where we discuss your favorite Marvel sports. We bring you in-depth analysis of each event across many different Marvel sports competitions. Catch all the information and drama you want to hear about your favorite players, teams, events, and more right here on the MSW Podcast. guys hello everybody and welcome to part two of episode 11 still talking with the head of the jmrc malicus for you guys this is a full week later for us it's literally 10 minutes later so it's really funny but you know the magic of editing right um but we are back and (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, it's hard to keep from laughing when, like, I'm looking at the comments, the live comments, and like trying to do this at the same time. So that was that was bad. But you know what? Keep it rolling. Uh, we are back with Melikus. Melikus, why don't you say hi to all the awesome listeners again? Yeah. Hey everyone. Welcome back to part two. He is here. And Waf, why don't you say hi? Um. Hello, guys. Sorry. I, well, welcome back to part two. Um. Hopefully, you're liking this format so far. Um. Let's just try and get back into what we were discussing, I guess. We're going <laughs> to... Yeah. Waff's well, getting distracted by the comments, too. I feel that. But, yes, um, we wanted to devote most of this part um, to discussing something we were talking about in the previous episode with Hershey, um, which was the fan interaction and randomness aspect of Marvel Sports and future Marvel Sports competitions and how... You know, it's integrated, and, 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 and what it even means. And uh, I know it was a, a very deep conversation we had last time, so we want to go ahead and see what Melikus has to think on that whole topic and what we can really uncover here. So, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Melikus, I want you to tell me, I, I don't know where to start, and this topic is a huge topic, so let's start somewhere. Start, Melikus, what do you think? What do you think on this whole thing? <laughs> yeah, I'd start with uh, where we are right now in terms of fan interactions with uh, JMR. Um, I think from, uh, well, from our point of view, I think, or we think that uh, we're doing an okay job. So it's not great, but it's not too bad uh, as well. We are... Uh, Typically, we're doing a lot of polls on uh, YouTube. You might remember them, like with uh, the uh, the poll about uh, should we bring back Hivalino or do you want us to create a new tournament using Gravitrax stuff? And um, polls like that, uh, we're doing them pretty often. Um, well, not too often, but for us, it seems... Uh, like a lot because we are letting the fans take um, sometimes major decisions for the channel Um, that's what we have right now and of course the uh, fan team contest that's a thing that uh, Brent experienced too first hands and ex camo yeah um ouch yeah about the fan team contest i it was it was a lot of fun definitely 
um, it boosted the community on uh, Reddit and Discord, and it was just beautiful to see people inventing all those teams and coming up with uh, background stories and uh, inventing some drama sometimes with uh, already existing themes. It was it was it was just interesting to see. Um, but on the other on the uh, other hand, it was a lot to organize and a lot yeah, to I keep track of because <laughs> we did not one but two votes and the second one was preferential voting um so a uh, shout out to g who helped me a lot with the votes and uh, organizing that stuff it really helped me a lot and um i have to admit that uh, we didn't do everything perfectly but it was our first time and we are going to learn from the mistakes because we are willing to bring that back not necessarily for the marble olympics because we have a certain pool of teams that we want to keep for some years now because uh we'd love to see that relegation system with the uh, showdown qualifiers and uh the main tournament we'd love to see some dynamics there some teams moving up and uh moving up and down and not um being change or retired immediately and replaced by newer teams so um i think the door to the marble olympics in terms of fan teams is closed for now but we have a lot of other tournaments as well like um the gravity tracks which is quite new we still haven't decided on any team names so i think it's a good possibility to uh include the fans here um well maybe not for team names um but at least for team name team member names like naming the individual athletes that's something oh, yeah, definitely. we also did in the past like when um a new team got introduced i think we did it for the green ducks if i remember correctly yeah. um, <laughs> and we occasionally renamed some other athletes and we always try to include um our fans yeah that's the point where i think we stand currently um yeah and yeah. Uh, i'll cut in here and i really do um uh and i mentioned this in part one how i want to discuss this a little more i think it kind of goes along with the topic we're discussion uh discussing i do like marble showdown i do like what it's bringing to the marble olympics and i think um uh it in some ways leaves more room and more sensible room to add new teams. And here's why you have those that bottom 12 teams that didn't even, that's like, you know, that's not even in the qualifiers yet. And so like, they're going to compete. So you're going to have, and, and, and then as you let that, you know, settle a couple of years and you have teams that move from showdown up to the qualifiers and then back down and, and a bunch of stuff, you're going to get teams who, also don't win in showdown of course like that that bottom four that you'll create this year and like in the future when you have that bottom four you can almost justifiably switch them out for other teams because it's not just they didn't qualify so now they're game to be switched out but it's like they didn't qualify and they didn't do they failed in the b league and that's now a super small group of teams i think at this point only four teams that both didn't qualify for normal marble olympics and didn't qualify or um you know in the marble showdown competition so you have 
such a small group of teams down there that you can justifiably switch them in and out with other teams. You can retire a team if it's been down there a long time. You can uh, say that team uh, moved down into lower leagues or whatever, and, and like you have an open door to, to easily and sensibly bring in new teams you know, later in the future, maybe in one or two years. That yeah, because, I agree to that. In, showdown. Yeah, in one or two years, maybe. But it's not like a thing that we would repeat every year for the Marble Olympics, at least, because we just want to keep that certain pool of teams that we have at the moment. And we, we, we're just, we don't know how the uh, showdown will turn out. We, we don't know what teams will be at the, uh, will be the bottom four. But, um, it looks like we are going to send those bottom fours to just the next showdown and just see how it develops. Um, we're, yeah, just curious to see how it all works out, if it works out at all. Um, but we don't want to interfere with it at the moment too much by adding a lot of new teams every year. Right, yeah, that's an, I, I do agree with that. And with all the other competitions you have going on, Gravitrax and San Marble Rally and, and all that, definitely leaves room for fans to interact in that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the last episode, um, and, and Mr. Watt, you can probably speak to this a little bit, we did talk about the difference in reception between the Huberlino Maze race and the Dirt race, which, you know, both featured many dnfs in a sense as a lot of marbles did not ever get to the final finish line um and and you know the hubelino maze race wasn't received as nearly as well by the community as the dirt race was and we had gone into and mr Moff, you probably remember this we got into that conversation on that element of chaos to uh, events in the marble olympics how that kind of brings excites people more uh than um you, you know, than the not chaos, I guess. Right. And it's and and, and so I want to, I ask, what do you think about that? And like through all the times being in the Marble Olympics, and you see a lot more stats or know more, a lot more things than we do um, uh, about the channel. Do you think that those events that seem to have more chaos seem to always excite the fans more? And why do you think so? Um. Yeah. First of all, I agree to that aspect, and. Uh, I found that chaos discussion very interesting. I think that was probably my most favorite part of uh, the last, uh, well, episode 10 when Hershey was on. Um, And what's most interesting is to me when Hershey said or tried to explain why um, the maze event wasn't quite as well received as the... uh, um, marble rally event or the dirt race event right, right, in yeah. the forest and he mentioned that um track failure or that those different segments of uh blocks connected together and uh, with that gap in between them that tiny gap that's natural because those blocks are not one but different segments just put next to each other it just seems like it's something that's not natural it's not a natural element of chaos like in rafting there was the vegetation that added a lot and um in dirt race there are other obstacles that weren't placed by us not all of them some were uh 
I mean, if a leaf falls down from a tree and uh, a marble hits it, or I don't know how much of an impact a leaf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a marble, it could have a lot, <laughs> depending um, on the size. But uh, yeah, but that's just the difference. I think that is most important here: human-made elements or human-made mistakes like uh, those different segments, not perfectly connected and natural elements that create chaos and i think it's very important to have those um they create excitement they create or they support that randomness and that uncertain outcome you never know what happens and that's it's just that's just beautiful you you sit there and watch it and you may have some expect expectations when you're uh, rooting for your favorite team, but with those elements of chaos, you you never know what happens. And of course, that creates excitement, and um, we uh, realize that. But the challenge is to make those elements of chaos seem natural and not like some, uh, not to make them seem too much like obstacles that um interfere with the outcome of the event um i mean every marble has to pass that gap between those two segments but if your favorite team gets stuck there of course you will say it's a track failure um the event is not fair and you're rigging it in worst case we had a lot of rigging allegations this year so um i think chaos is important it's important to create chaos but what's even more important is to create it naturally, to use uh, natural elements and to to hide it, not to show that we are intentionally creating chaos, but to make it seem like it's it's happening on its own. I I think that's the true art of making a good marble competition. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, we yeah. talked about this in my first episode, like with the uh, it was the relay race, how like the barriers seemed so low and so thin that like it actually like enabled marbles to touch each other and also for the the uh, like the the sec the uh, little podiums that they were on for transitioning were were easily able to bounce over or fall into other tracks and we had a discussion about whether or not that may have been an intentional designed choice to encourage more chaotic results in the in the race and we debated whether or not that was something that should be allowed to happen or not cuz it, it felt more like I guess uh, fabricated and unrealistic for how an actual sporting event would be. Right, and yeah, and and it, I mean, I don't know if that was intentionally, uh, you know, done. And you can speak to that in a moment. But I'm just thinking here back to what we discussed. Now, the little more I know about how the favorite people's favorite events lined up. I mean, just collision. Take Collision as the, the number one favorite event in the Marble Olympics. That is the most chaotic event. In <laughs> I think Dirt Race was, I thought, I thought Race was more chaotic, but like it was definitely it, a good second. Right, 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 right. But like, like consider those events. And um, like Collision, the, the marbles come down, they smack into each other. That's chaos. You have no idea where those marbles are going to go. You can create the same situation every single time. The ball bearings always start in the same place on that event. The marbles always start in the same place on that event. Maybe they use a different formation that Greg Woods um, had mentioned. But they always start in the same place. Everything's always in the same place to start. But 
there's a completely different outcome every time. And I think that's why Collision is is the favorite event because no matter how many times you set up that same collision event, you are going to get a different outcome every time. And the thing about the Hubelino maze race, that even though you would think, oh, that's very chaotic because marbles may not finish, marbles are all smacking into each other, people kind of feel like that's, it wasn't just absolute chaos, like a free space for marbles to randomly roll. It was like a, it was almost like a designated track and the chaos was forced, as you as you were saying, Melikis, because you know the narrow gap, and they just kept going back and forth, um, kind of like a worse version of the half pipe. I remember when we did the half, you guys did the half pipe, and I actually did kind of enjoy that because marbles would never really get stuck; it would just be which way they would end up falling down. But like the the Hubelino maze, it's it's kind of like okay, when if a marble just happens to uh, momentum to run out and it will not be right in front of the gap, then it's just not going to go through. It, and it's almost like, okay, well, the track is set up like that, and that's just, that's, I mean, and when the marbles kind of bump into each other, it doesn't really keep them moving. Sometimes they all just get bunched up. As opposed to you take the dirt race and collision, which are just natural chaos. You, I mean, even when, mar, even though, like, uh, seven, eight marbles DNFs in the dirt race, people love that because, it's totally not even planned, not even made like that. And, and, and even take, I'll even go as far as to take rafting. You, you look at rafting, and, and, and the event was very well done, and the rafts were awesome. But you also look at that um, aspect of that vegetation at the end. I, I know it became sort of a meme, but just the fact that it, it, it was natural. It wasn't like you guys put a little block at the end that things could get caught on. It was like there was just happened to be vegetation. And it was almost like it was almost like Greg Woods was confused as why it was there. But it was like he, you know what I'm saying? And he, and well, he did a great job commentating through it. And it was like everyone, you almost had more excitement during the race because you're like, okay, this raft right here, this uh, the green ducks, whoever, are doing so great. They're fast. They actually could beat the record. But you had this like this like little thing of like, oh, what's going to happen when we get down to that vegetation? This unknown, you know, um, obstacle, this natural obstacle. What's going to happen? It could it could ruin a whole marble's uh, time, and it did actually ruin a couple marbles' time. It just the the reason the chaos that that natural chaos I think is is what is what creates a really good event. And I I would like to ask where did the dirt race play, place on favorite event? Um, I'll look it up real quick. Uh... I guess another point about the Hubelina maze race is like there's also designated places on the track where like a marble could get pushed off of it. And so like that was was also probably another point people were like it's it's controlled chaos. It's it's an intentional place where marbles are capable of falling off because the track was designed to do that. Um, the dirt race right. is yeah. on oh, yeah. place 10. That. Oh, place so that 10 on the lower than I thought, boat. but, yeah. um, I, I, it does, I think it does. I think this discussion on chaos does speak to the fact of why collision is where it is that it, it you just don't know. I can run marbles against each other a hundred times, and every single time, I'm going to get a different outcome. They're going to end up in different places. They're going to hit different ball bearings in different orders. It, it won't happen the same way. And I think, yeah, that's I think the when beauty it, of it. 
Right. And, and, and when it, I think when it comes to that randomness, where it's like no matter what you do, it's not going to be predicted beforehand, that's what makes a really good event. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that, the topic I really like to, I really like to delve into, but um, you guys have any more thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's important to say that, of course, uh, that chaos theory we're talking about here, it's one of the more important parts of what makes a good event. Um, but there are other factors as well, like you said, with surfing. What was the big problem of surfing? It wasn't uh, that the event uh, wasn't progressive enough or that we didn't invent something new there it was the scoring system itself i'd say um it was just too complicated and um yeah it was one of those events that you really didn't knew um what team is going to win even if the savage speeders finish first it might be that the other team wins that race because of the surfing bonus or distance bonus and then it gets counted together and some magic happens and the outcome is different than you expected so that's something that we made not too good experiences with and we'll certainly try to avoid that in the future um yeah so simplicity is another very important point here yeah, um, yeah, right. I'm sorry if you guys heard any background noise, by the way. I'm sorry about that. Do you guys hear anything? Uh, I think I heard a little bit, but no, nothing, nothing too <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, nothing good. too bad. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, definitely, that definitely was a good point. Go ahead, Mr. Wasp. Sorry. So um, something that I um, for about the whole fan interaction thing. So as I'm pretty sure most of our viewers know, if you've been keeping up with uh, MSPNs and news, they have, um, just, just as we talked about in um, Hershey's episode, he is doing a community coach thing where um, pe members of the com uh, can come together in the community and they can actually um, vote on where they want to put a certain um, marble. So they have, they have these um, members called the metal marble where they're like a special marble that naturally is like a bit bigger and weighs more. And so for certain events, like you, he's going to ask the coaches where they want to put the marble in the lineup, if at all, if they're even going to be in the event and like to, to have the fans kind of control how the events would go and, for Marble Olympics, obviously, there's no like there's no like special marble or anything like that. But like, would there be anything like maybe uh where the fans or, or fans or maybe a de designated coaches could vote on like which member to do like what order for like I say a relay race like who which member goes where or maybe for them to vote on like what member participates in a solo event perhaps. Yeah, that that's a question I was I was kind of wondering at some point too. Like, will do you think Marble Olympics will ever have that? You know, coaches deciding things for teams, placements, and who to pick for each event, or and if not, why? Why do you think not? Um, I definitely think that it's a very beautiful aspect here that Hershey created and introduced to this whole marble sports world because I don't think it has happened before. I know in uh, to the Algudu races or however it's pronounced, they. There were <laughs> like votes for what uh, contestant to kick out for the next round. Um, oh I yeah, that, I remember that's those days. where I th I think these were the early days of fan interactions, and with that concept that Hirsch create 
with um, uh, the fan coaches, I think it's brilliant to have a designated group of uh, people who are really invested into a, a certain team and taking decisions. That's something um, I hope it works really well and I hope that it's uh, or that it will bring new dynamics to uh, the M games. Um, now to your question, uh, whether we'll bring it to the Marble Olympics. Um, well, it's certainly something that we'd love to have, but the question is, how are we supposed to do it? Are we going to um, have a closed group of people taking all decisions for whole teams with a fan base of sometimes uh, hundreds or well tens of thousands of people or will it be all fans of the team and if it's going to be all fans of a team how are going how are we going to differentiate if you're truly a fan of the team and how are we going to prevent manipulation or something so it's so complicated but our fan base um Mm, now I'm afraid yeah, that we I just can't do it that, like right. that um, because it's so big. Sometimes we forget how huge our fan base is. <laughs> that, that, that can be fatal sometimes. But um, as I said before, fan interaction is important and we are certainly looking into improving there. And um, in my preparation for this podcast um, this morning, I was thinking about this question in particular because I'm so blown away by this idea of having fans uh, taking uh, the coach's role and uh, taking active decisions for um, events like where to place the uh, special member of a team and Rory's, discussing. Uh, it would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I was thinking of how could we incorporate something like that into the Marble Olympics? Um, what I can say here is that I don't think that community coaches is something that would or will ever happen in our community just because we don't limit we don't want to limit it to a certain group of people. If we are going to allow the fans taking decisions, I think we pre we would prefer just using those. Um, YouTube in video polls like uh, mm. YouTubers do do you like this video yes no and mm. then you see how many people like the video um, okay. or something well um, and I thought about something like when there's a situation like with uh, Momo Momo and his incident when he got badly injured right. um, after a certain amount of time, it was clear that he recovers and that there is a possibility that he might compete again. Now, I think it would be a suitable potential for fan interaction to ask the fans if they want to see Momo Momo compete again or would they prefer to use the spare member of Team Momo. And that could be done easily in an uh, in-video vote of that YouTube video and that would be a perfect fan interaction. So that's something that I thought about. And I think that could actually work with um, our community and the way the Marble Olympics work. I guess one downside to that is like because some of the, event the events are like mostly, if not always, pre-recorded, like you couldn't have them voting for like where you want a team member to be placed in the track or for the next event or something like that because 
you because the event would already be recorded and so oh, you couldn't that's really true, make a change. Right. Yeah, we, you right. would. We would ask that question um, like two uh, two videos before the actual event happens, so we have time to record it and to respect the decision. We would set a deadline like you have twenty four hours to answer it, and we'll respect the results after twenty four hours because then we have to record the event. And um, yeah, that's right. We are limited. Kind of, and it's another downside of that is they can't make a decision based off what the the, the next event will be. So like maybe they would have changed their vote based on how one of the marbles they voted for performed in the event prior to the one that they voted for, and so there are definitely some limitations yeah. to doing it with the YouTube yeah, of style course. of doing it. And and he, well, he, okay, let me let me try to get out my huge vision on this because I think it's possible. It's just not easy because like you said, there's obstacles with recording in the way of that ever becoming a thing. There's obstacles with um, the fans. Like you're right. I mean, like I didn't even think about it, but like what if, what if there was a big rivalry rival, God, I can't say the word rival. (laughs) Say it for me. (laughs) But uh, what if there's a big uh, rivalry between a couple teams, like just pick random ones, jungle jumpers. And I don't know, rangers or whatever and and you know and you know you put the polls out for all the fans to do and then all the jungle jumpers are like oh vote a bad one or a certain one for rangers to try to make you know what i'm saying like you're right that stuff could happen you have to be careful with that but um and there's obstacles with the youtubing like i just said but i think the vision i would have for this would be a I don't know, whenever, in many years or whatever, have like a coach for each team, a coach that, a a single coach or a group of coaches that was not just um, picked randomly, but kind of voted in. Like, I don't know, maybe have a a whole video dedicated to all the fans who watch, like looking at a bunch of applications for the teams and picking the one they want as a coach. You know, it'd be a long process, like an overtime process, but you could you could do that because then you have um, the fans pick the coach and then the coach makes a single decision. Just kind of like in real sports, the you know, in real sports, if you're a fan of a team, you don't get to make decisions for that team. You um, you get to watch the coach do it. So, I mean, like, it's not, like, I know you want that huge community fan interaction, but there is that open thing that, like, if you really want to be interacting, well, you can apply to be a coach. And if your application goes through, then you get to choose. And if the applications are chosen by the fans, then that increases the fan interaction but decreases that risk of um, problems with, uh, you know, teams, fans purposely voting down other teams and things like that. And then the only, the, probably the biggest, sorry, I hate to cut in one more time, but the, probably the biggest problem or the biggest thing that would take time to overcome would be the production speed or the production thing because you're right i mean coaches will want to make decisions based on the previous event so either the events would have to have longer times between them or i don't know somehow you guys get super speedy even more than you guys are doing because you guys are working very hard at at making the events that coaches could choose right after the the event but i think with you know with a, a good method, a good method, coaches could work. Um, I mean, <laughs> obviously, there's a lot to go into that, a lot of complicated things, and, and it, w- it won't be resolved in one podcast or even one year, but it, I think it could be possible with, with good, um, with good uh, kind of a good set way, like how to go about it. Like I was saying, like applications and fans choosing the coaches and the coaches making the decisions, things like that. 
And there's one more problem, I guess, like with uh, the whole YouTube poll thing is because, so let's say that you're voting for, like, which member do you want to do the, uh, like, uh, a slalom race, for instance. So you had to pick one marble. Not only would that result in a lot of polls in just one video, which could be quite excessive, it also True. would result in people, like, who don't like the other team, they'll vote for the, the marble that they don't want to race just to mess with the other team. And so, like, by having an open poll like that, you open it up to people who want to sabotage the others. Interesting. Um, another thing is that not everyone in this community really knows all the stats. <laughs> we should keep that in mind when we discuss yeah. things like this. And I guess, it, like, think about it. I mean, out of all the people that watch this, there's only a, a, um, a small group compared to the amount that watch that actually... Um, know at least even their favorite team stats even like that okay this like you know like like for, for nova wolf's case like that he knows starry always does great with sand marble rally so he would be a good coach because he would know to choose starry with sand marble but if you just took a random galactic fan they'd be they would kind of almost choose at random like like um you guys might do in some way because like they don't they don't even know those stats so it's like you I mean, the fan interaction with the whole community is great, but it might be like the whole community might be happy if they just have singular human coaches that you know do know more um, about uh, each um, at the teams, um, you know. And it it, it it actually is a quite a complicated discussion, Melikus, and I know um, it would be a lot to work through um, in your in your situation. But I think I think it would just you'd have to consider the whole situation here that like. A lot of fans aren't going to know a lot about each team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But here's the thing. I'm questioning myself. Um, is it really worth it to give up the control? Well, currently the fans don't have too much control over the teams. Um, but would it be fair to trust the control of... Um, a team to one single member of the community. That is that that is a good point to make. Uh, I think Brent. I think you heard someone calling Brendan's attention, so he might not be able to answer right now. But um, I think that that is a good <laughs> point. Like you're giving too much attention or too much uh power to one member, and yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of like in like unlike the it's it's similar to the I guess the U.S. politics. Just for an example here, the reason why that it's or it's able to work is because we have different houses to check and balance one another. So you, so even though there's one president, there's still the House representatives and then who keep them in check, and then the judiciary who interpret the laws he makes. So but so you need to have different you need to have different houses or something like that like in the marble coaching area to keep each other in check which would be very hard to figure out and probably way too complicated than it's actually worth. And so I can definitely see why you would be um, apprehensive about giving just one person all the power. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly that's the thing. If you want it to work, you have to um, have some kind of system behind it because giving up the power to only one person, uh, that would just suck. If you have like something that we have in politics that would suck too because it's a lot to manage and you have to keep in mind that we would have to do it for um 16 or even more teams and right to be honest with you we just don't have the capacity and the time for that and 
I also don't think that we don't have the nerves for that because we have to concentrate on delivering the videos on time. On we have to ensure the quality is um, like you're used to or getting better constantly. We have to ensure that everything runs smoothly, that um, everything is fair, and I think um, that just community coaches is something that can't really work um in such a big community like we have i wish it could but um at the moment i just don't see any way for that no, to at work. the moment i agree yeah. i don't think there's a way now for it to work um i mean i am hopeful for it though because i do see i mean i mean indies just realize all of this has happened in four years all where we are yeah. now from where we are at the beginning four only four years so what we can see in the next four years or the next decade as far as marvel Studios goes i mean i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility things will have to be worked out and so on and so forth but um i mean i think it's possible it's just something that it's a little bit difficult now um it's now, still a new idea right now. Like it's still, a, a, we right. haven't fully gone. We haven't gone through a whole season of end games to s- truly see how it works out. So it's still a oh, new yeah. concept. And that'll be fun to talk about, like, like kind of the progression of the 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 picking and uh, what the coaches. Especially since do. we're both we're both coaches. Uh, you're a coach for Wideouts, and I'm a coach for Telescopic, so we can have some inside information of how like it all went down and like how it's working. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and uh, we'll report back to president of JMRC <laughs> on our findings. <laughs> but uh, interesting fact here: I'm actually a community coach for M Games too. Oh, really? I was so no I was so fascinated by the whole concept that I, well, Hershey offered me to uh, take a coaching position. Um, oh, cool! And uh, yeah, I couldn't resist because I was so so fascinated by that, by that whole system. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious. How do the how are the marbles like picked now? Like like for also like how do you pick the marbles for the order for relay races or like picking a marble for like solo races? Like is it just random or is there actually and like and if it's random, like who makes the decisions? Like is it like a group of people or is it just one individual? Like yell. Um, yeah, it's in fact Yale taking that decision. But um, we want to bring up to uh, uh, in the JMRC we are discussing it constantly. And we want to bring it up for 2020 and to support Yale in um, keeping a consistency in what members to use for what disciplines because it's it's known over the course of history of, uh, uh, you said, fans know statistics and that's certainly true. Many fans know that um, a certain member of uh, a certain team is good at a particular event like... Um, Gosh, I don't want to say anything wrong, but I think that Starry from uh, Team Galactic is really good at speed speed events, right? Yes, I believe so. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For example, and we want to support Yale in um, keeping the oversight and to uh, encourage him or to just to support him by or in using the uh, actual mar, not the actual marble, but that particular marble what is associated by the fans with uh, a so- certain event like to actually use the strengths of a marble i don't think it would go as far as measuring uh, skills of a marble or determining certain stats 
that's an idea that's interesting for sure but i don't think that's something we are going to do for 2020 at least um but our goal is of the jmrc which i am representing <laughs> um <laughs> Well, you we, are the JMRC. <laughs> you are the whole thing. <laughs> With everyone nah, that's else. not true. I'm, no, I'm I know, just, I know, I know. I'm I just know. the idiot at the top. Um, <laughs> our good. goal is it to uh, push forward so for uh, some consistency in uh, what team members get used in what events. That's the goal we have currently, and um, I don't know how. Yale picks the marbles in particular, but he does it himself at the moment. We don't really have any influence there, but we also okay. choose to not take any influence at the moment because um, I think we could, but that would probably annoy Yale and um, give and like us you, even I mean, give like, us less influence in the end. And I don't think that's right. worth it. Like, I think people also should understand. I'm sure you'd agree with me on this, Melikis, but. Um, a lot of these ideas, like fan interaction and stuff, are great. And, and, and like you said, you probably would love to see those in the community as well. But we have to remember that Marble Olympics is not easy to make. And with us only being a few years into this whole production, it's not it's not like second nature yet. So they're still working through a lot of problems. They're, they're meeting new ones every time. They're trying to improve just the whole content itself every time, let alone branch out into these extra things. And it's like... You know, you hear an idea like that, like fan interaction, and it sounds great. You're like, whoa, fans choosing where these marbles, actually getting to make a decision that could affect the whole competition. But then when you actually consider, like, how much extra time and difficulty that would be, it, 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 I understand why it can't play out now, even though it seems like a great idea. It's just there's not, there's not, there's no ability for that. There's so much going on. Like you said, like, you can't even, you don't even have time to, even asked Jell what he wants to choose for the marbles. It, it it's just because it, it's so busy making this whole thing, and it you gotta wait for it to be figured out and and, and marble Olympics to become something that um uh, uh you guys can make easier or quicker without as big as a hassle or you know whatever whatever it takes more organized or whatever. I'm not saying you're not organized, but I it's more just you gotta you gotta handle one thing before you handle a whole new world of yeah, other exactly. humans being involved yeah. in it and it, absolutely it, agreed yeah and, and, and like i said sounds like a great idea can't not can't be executed at the moment i mean marblecon 2020 sounds like a great idea that sounds like an amazing idea <laughs> not 2020 I, would, I think that's a I few would, more but, years off than right that. but that sounds like an amazing idea that's what i'm saying but we're not doing a marblecon 2020 because you have already all you can do to get Marble Olympics 2020 out. So you see the the difficulty there is not it's a bad idea. The difficulty is it's not a time efficient idea. Not a if, idea that we're going to be able to execute along with all the other stuff we do already. Just like I mean, even to scale it down, maybe for a better analogy, just to, just think think about the podcast. I didn't come out first episode on this podcast with a co-host with editing. Um, audio amazingly well i don't think i do that great but you get the idea with a new mic with um a new segment and a and an intro i didn't come out episode one doing that doesn't mean it was a bad idea definitely wasn't a bad idea to have an intro or a new segment it doesn't mean that i couldn't do it 
It just means it would it takes time for me to handle each step of the process before I'd be able to handle something like that. This idea is great. It might take a few years before that kind of world of, of fan interaction can be even handled by the people that make it. You know, and um, I hope you guys would agree with me on that point. But yeah, that these some ideas just you got to wait for them to really. Uh, uh, oh, I had the word and it just went away. Like manufacture, you know, it takes time. Yeah. Um. So part two has been mostly about the fan interaction randomness. So I definitely want to try and move on to something else before we have to end this episode. But before we move on to something else, there is one question that me and Brendan had way back in our first episode that I feel like I can we can finally get an answer to. So we wanted to know who makes the decisions for when a error occurs in the track that it's an intentional obstruction like with the Midnight Wisps against the, I believe it was the Raspberry Racers, or and when it's just a failure of the track. Like, is who is the, is there like a designated ref member of the JMRC, or like, was this a collective decision by, made by everybody? Um, I think for clarity, you'd have to provide the exact example of what happened. So it was the... Um, uh, in the, both like, cases yeah. you're referring to. Just, just so it's clear to everyone, because I'm not quite sure where the difference is. Yeah, yeah, like uh, talking cases. about, I believe it was Relay Race, Marble Olympics 2019, we had Midnight Wisps, we had Raspberry Racers, and apparently the Midnight Wisps knocked their starting block into the Raspberry Racers, and they called it a, uh, a disruption, and yeah. a potential, and well, they called it an actual interference, and they disqualified the Midnight Wisps, and... You know, we had a whole good discussion on, oh, I thought it was not actually a real interruption. That was a whole awesome discussion. But the point, I get the question I think here is, um, Mr. Waff had phrased it well, who decides that? Who watches that video or sees it happen and is like, okay, that little bit of, uh, you know, mistake by the Midnight Wisps, we're going to call that an interference and actually disqualify them um, and, and stuff. Who, who do you, who makes that? Who does, who decides that? Okay. Um, well, normally those kind of decisions would be taken by the complete JMRC and, um, by protocol, we would have to, uh, present different, uh, options and then have a vote, including, uh, Yale and if Dion is free, him too, and possibly right. Greg, because he has a lot of expertise in that kind of stuff because he comments it all the time. Um, <laughs> normally we would take that decision together with the uh, JMRC so um, yeah it's a decision that would be made by all of us the special thing this year was um, the betting um, that was introduced and um, like the partnership with uh, bed shares and that was very cool by the way that's awesome yeah we were required to introduce live streams as well um, um, and we were also required to change the way the events are being corrected because we have to or we had to keep the results of the events a secret until the event airs on YouTube to not possibly interfere or leak any results to the betting platform. So 
that someone could have a possible advantage of that and right. win a lot of money, but not uh, in a clean way, but using that insider information. That's why um, that, uh, that group of people watching and correcting the events was narrowed down to just um, Yale, of course, uh, Dion too, when he had the time. Um, because the thing with Dion is he does an amazing job for JMR, of course, um, but he does that kind of stuff that uh, you guys mostly don't notice. But it's the stuff that keeps the uh, channel running, and it's the whole business side of awesome, it. Right? Yeah, exactly the business side of it. Um, I'm, 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 I would love to have Dion on here and talk the business side of Marble Olympics. Like I, I yeah. myself, am someone who's quite interested in in business. Um, and I would, I would love that. That would be awesome to to hear what goes on. What what are the non marbly things that goes on behind Marble Olympics, right? I mean, um, hey, if he's willing to come on, let me know. You know, <laughs> Dion, are you out there, right? <laughs> and that was a big decision to make. Cause like as like I, I did the math like back in one of our previous episodes, and that 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 decision ultimately did cost Midnight Wisps the, the Midnight Wisps one whole place. In the in the ending results and so th- these decisions do matter and so that's that's kind of why i, I wanted yeah. to know because like, like it, it was a very important part of like how to it answer to answer the question finally um the decision was taken by um i think i don't remember if stint was involved in that particular case but normally it would be taken by uh stint uh, because i know him for a long time and i know that he's trustworthy I'm not saying that the rest of the JMRC is not trustworthy. It's just Ooh, that expose. <laughs> it's just that, um, yeah, we're special circumstances, and um, we just had to choose uh, some people who are trustworthy and who have a great attention to detail. And um, yeah, that decision was taken by uh, Yelly, him, and me. Um, and I guess your questioning yourself if it was staged or not so if it uh, happened naturally or yeah people if... do ask that actually that's a great question for the listeners more because I, I i'm pretty sure sh- i think you told me like they're not really staged but i'll definitely make that clear like on on whether it's staged or not because there's a bunch of different things like there was something all the way back in 2016 someone's referring to with team primary and, and something that happened with them and uh you know other things obviously we know like the, the streaker across the field is staged because you know that doesn't just happen you have to do that and all the security guards and stuff but that i feel like that's a good stage it's a funny stage but um like about those things uh, like in false the Marble starts Olympics, and like false like 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 your rangers getting stuck or something you know what i'm saying like, like wait, yeah i guess definitely speak to that real quick if you could um, yeah, for sure. Well, the short answer is that all of that is definitely not staged because um, I don't even know how we would stage something like that without it. Only be harder to stage it, it just let them happen. Yeah, <laughs> without making it absolutely obvious. The only way to do it is like um, rerun the event over and over until you get the result yeah. that you want. Now, yeah, now we, actually, we don't I, have I, the time I, for you, that. That's yeah, the, that's that, the thing. That's ridiculous. Oh, so you, yeah. you guys in never in the four years, I just really want to know, never in the four years, have you ever guys like re-ran an event to get a re- certain result? Um, I can't speak for all the four years because I'm on 
JMR just since 2018, but I can assure oh. you that for that time, um, those kind of things didn't happen. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure they probably didn't happen beforehand either, which is I mean, good. It's good to know that. I mean, it's public knowledge that we do rerun events if there are some complications like track oh, failures that, or that something. Sense, right. Um, right. But because of all those uh, happenings in this season, we tried to define uh, certain guidelines for what exactly a track failure is, what exactly a false start is in our rule book. And um, I'm pretty happy with the outcome and we're still thinking about whether to actually re full, fully release that rule book to the public or... Oh, I remember that when they came out and then they kind of got zapped away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And people accused us of, yeah, you just made that up to... Um, Appease to the cover <laughs> cover the decision of um, uh, excluding the oranges in the funnel race, but it really wasn't like that. We we had the rules like forever. We had certain guidelines for when to actually rerun an event or when to not do it. What a false start is. We have um, we have cases. We have a press. What is it called? Like. Um, uh, uh um, um, sorry. um now we had cases that press preced nah presidential is that a word presidential yeah that's a word yeah that's a word <laughs> we'll, we'll find it someone comment the right word <laughs> yeah like cases that happened before and we use them to uh oh, preceding. preceding preceding events preceding, preceding okay preceding cases i'm it. so sorry it's so late here i'm, oh, I'm, no, no, I'm no, talking dude, you, no don't your english is good man like, like you do yeah. a great job well Even we have those cases time, and judging by those <laughs> we are um we were making the rule book and it's it really was just the first time that we wrote that down um yeah but we're not changing our judgment uh according to different cases it's always the same um which is good we yeah. never we never stage any false starts um they happen because our equipment is not perfect and sometimes a marble just gets stuck that's that just happens and that, um, that Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that's it. the point. Things like that just happen naturally. Um, um, and there's no way to fully prevent them, even with uh, perfect equipment. Right. Yeah, and, and that's something I, I I love. I just love that about the Marble Olympics. And I don't understand necessarily why people get all upset and they start complaining. Oh, that that why did you not restart for the O-Rangers? Why is that you know, false start or whatever? Like. I, I don't get that because it's it's pretty clear that that could not have been staged. You you we you dumped a bunch of marbles down a starting pathway, and you saw how one of them just got pushed by, by other marbles and didn't end up making it. That's that you could say, and especially if you if you were in the marble sports world as you're supposed to be, you you, you could say that was the marbles' fault. Like the, the, it, you, no one touched it. No one touched it. No one even touched them at yeah, the start. Yeah, I remember. I remember time. doing sc yep. screenshots there. But like, yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's like, the thing. So, sorry, as someone who's been here since the Algarve days, there have been people who have been claiming for years that are always like, "Oh, my marble wasn't winning because you rigged it or you made it." So, like, and with Algarve, like, since you can uh, um, edit properties like with physics and stuff, 
people like th- it's easier to to cheat in Algadu than in real life. But so people have always claimed forever is if they if things don't go their way, they'll always there'll be a few people who will always say, "Oh, you rigged it," and so that's never going to stop, regardless of how sorry excuse yeah, me like, how much like you prove trying to show sports. it. Like take take like a simple event like track. Let's say you're you have a you're a fan of a certain track star, and that that track star. Uh, like falls over, like in like lane in, when they when they start. I mean, you're not gonna say, oh, the the track the track person running in that event is not gonna say, oh, the the track was faulty. We have to restart. <laughs> no, it's their fault for falling over. Like, you, just in the similar way, it's Oranger's fault. In, in technicality, yes, it is Oranger's team fault for not making it in the funnel. No one touched it. If just other marbles, no one else touched it. And and like if you take other things like the Midnight Wisps knocking their thing in the Raspberry Racers thing, if you take uh, whatever the team primary interference uh, was that some, someone said it, I can't remember. It, th- those things just happen. And actually, I really like that you guys will will like disqualify and, and stuff um, at, at those kind of things because you're taking you're taking. Um, the right approach and a good advantage of the chaos and the natural mistakes that happen sometimes in in a marble race. You know, you know the arrangers didn't go well; they get disqualified, and that's a good way to capitalize on those situations. So I I don't understand why people get upset. I obviously people get upset about their own team because like they they, <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't like that their own team suffered the whole time that the arrangers didn't even get to the funnel. But like that's just the way. That's just the way it happens. That's just the way the marbles work. That's the whole chaos of the whole thing, something we come back to before. And, I mean, it, it's all about just the, the natural happenings and capitalizing on those. That's why I, I love that, you know, I love that array, you didn't restart for the Arrangers. I really do. I love that you didn't restart and they were disqualified or they didn't, just whatever happened to them, they just didn't get to place because they didn't make it. That was, I think, a good move, even though Arrangers fans would probably go no instead of oh on that one um yeah (laughs) Yeah. we're nearly out of time here so i do want to have at least one more subject before we end because i don't want this whole thing to be just about fan interaction randomness so let's talk about the logo it's a good topic it is a good topic yeah but yes yes um, let's bring up the logos yes the logos um we do know of course who made them and and how are they made but i want to just you know ask numelicus to talk a little bit what do you think about them? What do you think about these logos compared to the old ones? And and uh, do you like them, or do you want them? I, there's probably one fix I would think about, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Uh, um, Brendan, you cut out so bad there. Could you like repeat that, please? <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm gonna leave this all in too because I don't feel like editing. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I'm gonna try again. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, I just want to know, Melikus, what do you think about these new logos? And you know you love them. What do, what do you think? Yeah. Um, well, in short, I absolutely love them. Um, it might be personal preference here, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, I think these logos are the very best that we ever had for the Marble Olympics. Um, I really like Pimps. So the logos we had before, Pimps logos too. And it's very unfortunate that he uh, couldn't manage to finish uh, the rest of the teams for the showdown, which was a reason why we uh, changed the logos. Um, but yeah, I 
you have to understand when talking about the new logos i feel so bad for pim um because i really don't want to disrespect his work i have a really high respect for his work and the whole jmrc does because we encouraged him we supported him and um the logos got a lot of backlash because it was something new it wasn't something uh you'd expect for maybe a sporting team and and pim said that was the intention behind it um now uh the new designs uh the designer is called tim so uh slight but slight difference here (laughs) yeah um uh he uses a totally different approach these logos look like football clubs um oh yeah yeah definitely. and they have so many attention to detail and i just i don't know they they're so simple they have that um that pattern that they follow and it's just beautiful how everything combines up to um i don't know to to one thing and if you see a logo or if you see one of those logos you'll immediately know okay that's um from the marble olympics and alone that um small jmr in every of those single logos i i think that adds so much and um it's just beautiful how it all how it all um plays out and the design process behind it is just incredible um just for um for your for your info um tim is planning on releasing his thoughts behind the logos um for every single logo on reddit periodically so um he will make some posts about uh, uh, like i don't know eight logos in a bunch and then um some time will pass and the next one will come out so i think he did that with the logos too he made those um bunches right yeah I think he started with eight teams or something and then um he made uh the next ones after some time and uh just like that he will share his uh thoughts on the designs and i think that's uh just incredible um something that like i talked about off of this show with both um, marble guy and also with hershey is that like while I do love the the look of the logos, they are all so similar in shape that they kind of just yeah, blend together. Yeah, point I was gonna and, um, throw in yeah. too. And like part of it was because like it was they were designed by Konku to to be logos for jerseys and not necessarily logos that fully, like for a whole team. And like something I, I thought like it mentioned in the Facebook post like there there's still room for improvements and like so like. One idea I had, like, for the, the Savage Speeders logo is my favorite one for the Savage Speeders thus far. But one thing that can make it look even better is, like, so the speedometer circle, like, turning that into a fireball speedometer and maybe having their name underneath in a flame kind of way or something like that poss- may not would be, like, a way to make it look more unique compared to the others. Right. And it's, like, the logos, I think, they look great for, like, they'd be great. The way, they're great for the... Sorry. Okay. They're great the way they are for like shirts and and merchandise. I definitely agree with that. But maybe they could use some improvements or additions that would make them look better for full blown team representing logos. And I just want to pipe in quick on this. Really, for me, it's this: 
take all those logos, and this will work for about 50% of them at least. Take all those logos and remove the circle border. Just do it. Just take the circle border out. I mean, I actually can pull these up right now and, and like, actually have a, then just talk about it. Like, 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 for me, I mean, like, if you take the Green Ducks logo, will you have the bird? Just take the circle border out on it that's, like, on all of them and just have the duck and the GD, and, and that's perfect. Or, like, the Balls of Chaos one, take the circle border out. You have that gear and the chaos thing, perfect. Okay? And, and I know some of them only work with the circle. Like, the Midnight Wisps has that crescent moon and stuff. Right. Even just, like, you know. But, like, like for example, another great point. And sorry if you're not looking at these logos to any of these listeners. But um, take the primary logo. Take the circle away. And leave that kind of kind of little cross-section in the middle of the three colors and stuff. And it's perfect. Take the, for the binkies. This is perfect. Take the circle border away from it and you have that just that hand with the pinky like like, like, the problem i see with these logos is not the design behind them they did a great job um of designing these logos i love every one of them except i think the mellow yoga logo is not mellow enough but that that's a discussion for another time kaku defended the design i think i agree with his choices so i'm fine but he did pretty well on that one as well but it's just it they're trapped in the circle some of them if they're just taken out of the circle they keep the same meaning, and there's also a great logo. It just doesn't seem like they're a similar, uh, not a similar, just similar to all the other logos. And um, I'd say maybe think about that. Some of them, like, a lot of them are, like, if you take the circle away, they look kind of weird. But maybe with a little bit of adjustment, you actually could have real good logos that all actually have a different, like, shape to them, a different variant to them. And and then instead of just these icons, you have the logos. And I mean, even as they are, they're they're amazing. I'm not going to knock them. I'm just saying, if you talk, yeah, if we're yeah. talking about improvement, it's definitely that, you know, keep, don't trap them like that. Maybe and I, I don't know. Maybe what do you think um, about that, Melikus? Yeah, yeah, I I can follow you definitely. Um, but the question is, um, do we really want to remove that circle? Um, because as of now, that circle is in every single logo and you must not forget that we're um, talking about marbles and marbles are round too and i think it's just brilliant um to have round logos for uh marble teams i don't know it just seems brilliant to me and um i don't know i i'm looking at the logos right now and um i think for some teams it might work to uh, take the uh, circle away, um, but but like you're right, I, is that there's that aspect of trying to keep that round theme to it. Maybe you yeah. want to keep the circle right, and uh, I and think it's it's the cross team connection that shows. Okay, that's one league where uh, uh, where one marbles or however you want to call it. Um, we are one that's the connection between all the teams that uh circle and i think that's just beautiful and honestly i i wouldn't want to remove that and um well i can assure you that's not going to happen um but um um yeah i talked to tim about it and uh we agreed that we will consider minor improvements but we are not like going to redo mellow yellow or something because uh we we 
really like the logos as they are. And I think overall they're absolutely amazing. So it, I'm not, not going to knock them either. And like yeah. I read, like the designs are good. This is like I didn't. I was like I wasn't one opting for like removing the circle. I was like saying like like these were just like these were concerns that like um like I at first I also liked the whole like they're all marbles and so it's it's, it's like a circle to represent marbles like but then like as like, the more like Hershey like, talked to me about it, it's like they look kind of more like a badge or something like that. And it's like they because they're so similar they don't are not as distinct and so. Maybe not removing the the circle, but like adding more to it, like again, like with the whole like my idea for like the fireball around the speedometer for the speedometers, or something to just make them more distinct. Like I know that like like the logos are great regardless, and I'll I'll like them however they're gonna be, but I think they could be better if they were more distinct from one another, and that that's just my personal opinion. The the community the community can give their own opinion, of course, like. Because it's all about what the the whole collective community wants. It's not just about what me and Brendan want, or Brendan and I. <laughs> yeah, <true>. So <laughs> and so like either way. <laughs> and so like it, this is definitely something that's like that can't be fixed. Especially it probably couldn't be fixed for Marvel Showdown and either regardless because like it's coming so soon that I don't think there'll be enough time to come up with the design additions or if if some fans wanted to complete redesigns of logos, which I do not think needs to be done at all personally, but like. There is so much that, like, I think it needs, I guess it needs, like, a, um, fan input, I guess, is what, like, really, like, get their opinion on, like, do you think that these should be improved or, like, or something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, we'll have to see how that turns out with these logos. I think even if they were left as they were now, they are still quite good. But, yes, those are those are definitely good points to consider. We are going to have to start to wrap it up here and like actually, you know, actually wrap it up because we are even in part two over an hour. We, we cannot refrain from talking marbles. I'm telling you what, this is, uh, <laughs> this is, this has been awesome. And, um, Mel, dude, it's been awesome to have you on, man. It's been amazing. Yeah, it's been, it's been great to get some of these questions that we had since the begin <laughs> since the beginning to finally clear it up and stuff. I've, I've actually, this has been probably one of the most productive episodes, I'd say. Um, yeah. yeah thanks for having me of course it was a pleasure um, and I just got an idea for wrapping it up I'd say I'm sure both of you still have some questions left don't you like one question that's burning inside of you and that you have to get my answered. question is how am I going to edit all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I mean we may have to save a lot of this stuff for the, I mean I mean if you, hopefully you'll be okay with coming on another episode because we could Yeah, be, of course. I hope to be back soon. Yeah, you will be if you're okay with that cuz we have a lot to talk about but you know with 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 you know lots of content here we are going to have to to wrap up. Um I hate I always hate to quench marble talk but you know um hey There'll be other times. We're not going to... Marble Sports isn't going nowhere except for up. I think you right misunderstood now. me. I was offering you a opportunity yeah. to answer yeah, just some... Uh, one more question, basically. Insider question. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, I should take this opportunity. <laughs> but um, uh, do I have another really burning question? Uh, of course mm. you have. You just have to discover it. Well, if not, we can wrap it up here. I'm fine with that, too. <laughs> I think, I, don't know. <laughs> I think like my biggest burning questions like I've been answered like are we getting on JMR? <laughs> <laughs> like I think we're a, bit, a little bit ways away from that at the moment. But I mean that that I probably I think I'd be interested in being part of JMR maybe someday. I don't know if like 
if I that would no. If, is this podcast getting there? Um, JMRC, we'll have to see. Who knows? Maybe maybe one day. It all depends. It all depends. Like it, just as he said, like it's all about just being involved and stuff. And so, the more we contribute, yeah, the more exactly. I guess the more likely it can be. Yes, everyone contribute. It's 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 good to see all these Marvel fans. Um, big shout out, by the way, to uh, Killian Bladestar for pretty much staying in the whole live time of the podcast. So shout out to him uh, as we wrap it up. So thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's still typing in there. He's been um, here for a while. Yeah, he he, go, he likes marbles. Yep. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do for the outro. To be honest, like a usual. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I might throw in another outro song. Yeah, Pick one. Uh, if it's if, <laughs> if, depending, on, if we're doing like so, since we don't know what's gonna happen, if we ended up doing like a special um, mid like like um, part one ender kind of thing that like bridges the gap between the two, and like then like the ending for this episode, the ending for part two will be. Project Evolution by Denrain47. If we did that for the end of part one instead, we don't know what we're going to do for this one. So I guess we can pick another song to do. Yeah, pick another song. I'm not pick. I don't even know, man. Like, like um, we're, we're trying some new things out. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, if I don't name the artist to every single song every time, well, you know what? It's not the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> and if it is, well, I don't know.